We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Will the Bears ever get to the point where they can beat Green Bay consistently? Does the 17-9 loss last night mean the Packers, the league's youngest team, if they're ahead of the Bears moving forward? Or do you think the picks and the possibilities matter even more well I, I I personally would rather be the Packers than the Bears right now I mean I think that the picks and the possibilities are are really good to have assets is great and to figure out how to use them is not a problem that is a wonderful thing and they got a lot of different options and they need to to kind of figure them all out but I would rather be a team that has already started I'd rather be a team that has a young quarterback that is on the rise. And um, that guy, you know, it's his first year as a starter, and he's made the playoffs with a team that had a Hall of Famer and couldn't make the playoffs a year ago. So I would, um, if I were uh, putting a team together, I think I'd rather be them than the team the Bears are right now. And I think that it'll be interesting to see if I feel that way after the draft again. It's hard to watch that kind of game. It's hard to watch that coach win his 10th game against uh, the the rival. Are, the, are you a rival? I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers is right about all that stuff, which makes my skin crawl to even say it. But there you go. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's the Bears are behind the Packers, no question about it. And the Bears, when you break down the two games – they're a lot more competitive with Detroit than they are with the Packers. And that's the reality of taking the North. Well, if consistently is the key to all of this and the ever is also part of this, then you have to hope and believe that these picks and possibilities all work out because in order to do what we're hoping they do, they have to use the picks and possibilities, and I guess, you know, the possibilities could start with the amount of money they still have available to them to spend in free agency, the opportunity they have to change the coaching staff, whether that's a complete flush or just a flush on the offensive th- side of things. So in order to beat the Packers consistently or ever, they have to get the picks and possibilities correct. This is a tough thing to say the morning after the Bears got overwhelmed and overmatched by the Packers again in the 17-9 game, but the Bears are actually in a pretty enviable spot. They have the number one overall draft pick for the second year in a row. They turned last year's number one into a hall of, of players and picks and all kinds of talent, and they have it again. They draft ninth. They have $62 million right now estimated in salary cap space for the offseason. They've got a defense that its core players are together and when healthy, it's a top five to ten defense playing at a pretty high level. Montez Sweat arrived to be the disruptor and multiplier and all those things. And now they've got to complement that with these picks and possibilities, as it says here, and and try to take advantage 
of all the losing they've endured. You, you can't just go through adversity for the sake of going through the adversity. You've got to be a, a, a team that capitalizes on going through the tough times. You've got to be able to take advantage of your draft position. And if they can, then they will be competitive in the division. Will they beat the Packers consistently? That's a lot to say, and that's a lot to ask, and that's, a, that's unrealistic right now because all the Packers do, they plug in a quarterback, and he, has, he runs the offense like he's been running it all his life, like he was born to do so because that's the Packer way. They've been doing it for the last 30 years at that position. They also understand scheme, and they do draft pretty well. So I don't know about consistently, but the Bears are in a good spot to upgrade and to be more competitive in this rivalry, if you want to call it that. But you can't really uh, call it that until they start holding up their end of the bargain, and hopefully that's as soon as next year. Yeah, I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. Brad Biggs, 9 a.m., Biggs time, Mondays right here on the Mully and Haw Show. What was your favorite part of the Justin Fields era roller coaster ride? The click, click, click on the way up or the constant screaming after various losses? Is the Fields era over? And are you surprised that he never beat the Packers? 0 and 6. Well, I think there is a lot of screaming. <laughs> it's that people who don't like the idea of Justin Fields coming back or predict or project the fact that he's moving on. This was quite a ride, a thrill ride with Justin Fields in three seasons and 38 starts. And the highlights were so intoxicating that I think that it made us drunk to the reality that he wasn't progressing as much as he needed to as a passer. And you can argue that and you can say extenuating circumstances and he didn't have an offensive line and he never had the weapons until they traded for DJ Moore. And you'd be right. You'd be right. But that overlooks and too often ignores how he has yet to really polish his game as a passer. What does it look like? Watch C.J. Stroud. Watch Jordan Love. That's what it looks like when a quarterback is able to elevate the play of the people around him, lift an offense, and carry it into the end zone and move the chains in, in, in to a victory, to the playoffs even. So Justin Fields is going to be a starter in the NFL for many years. I don't think it will be in Chicago. It was a heck of a ride. It was unfulfilling ultimately. It is exciting at times, but disappointing at others. You wish him well. There's not, there's not anybody in Chicago that shouldn't be proud of the way that Justin Fields represented the Bears. I just think that as we sit here today, unless they find something that's so bad and egregious in Caleb Williams' uh, background and his character research, I think they're going to move in a different direction. All right, David, so you're saying that's it, over. The Fields era is over, other than what you just said there about Caleb Williams. I'll tell you what, yesterday sure didn't help. It sure didn't help, and, and there was a lot of talk before the game, right? Like, had the decision already been made, and should a three-hour and ten-minute afternoon north of the Cheddar Curtain decide the most important position on your team? But, boy, yesterday did not help one bit. Unfortunately, the things that you're going to remember the most, if it if it is over, is his escapability, the runs. It's not going to be the passes. It's going to be the runs that Justin Fields made over the years, the, the wow factors. But there weren't too many wow factors in the passing game. And yesterday, 16 attempts. He only threw the ball 16, allowed to throw the ball 16 Did, times. How many times they throw it in the end zone? They did one, right? 
that I could maybe maybe twice, but yeah, one maybe. for sure. Maybe yeah. twice. You're right. I mean, Mully, you're a, that's that's a great point. How many times do they actually put the ball down the field into the area where you actually get six points? <clears throat> I know I have been very anti Caleb Williams. He, the other problem is I. I, I understand the love that people have for Caleb Williams. I just think it's a massive drop-off after him. I'm not in love with anything after Caleb Williams, if you even like Caleb Williams. I don't know if they are either. Right, and I mean, that's <laughs> that's why I think I, it, today I don't think, I don't think it's over. But I think it's definitely, here's what I think for sure. It's definitely not he's back for sure. It could be over, but he's definitely not back for sure based on what happened yesterday. Yeah, I, I think Justin Fields is a class guy. I thought he was class all the way to the end yesterday. I enjoyed hearing from him. I think he's got a fantastic perspective. Um, I do believe the Fields era is over. Um, and I'm I'm not surprised that he never beat the Packers because the Bears have never been good enough to beat the Packers. You don't feel like they had the better team. Um, you know, the Packers are a better team than the Bears. As difficult as that might be to say, I think I'd prefer their coach situation, their quarterback situation, the defensive line. I mean, you, there are a lot of elements of the game of football that they are better than the Bears, uh, in which they are better than the Bears. And I, and I think that that was driven home again uh, yesterday. And if I were a member of the family, I would take that into account, and that would uh, that would bother me, because they've they they've got a lot of you know the Bears have better future assets than the Packers, that's great, but that's still you got to do your job right. You got to make sure you're bringing in all the right people. You know, I I feel better about the Bears in terms of. Uh, of the general manager, the coach, than I did the year before. And I think that they've they've gotten some good answers, but it just feels like watching a game like that, you know, they're, they're, the roller coaster was there for you. That roller coaster hasn't died. You know, I, I, I saw a statistic that Justin Fields' record was like 4-18 and 18 in his first um his first 22 games, and then he's been 4-1 and one leading into yesterday. So I thought to myself, well, if he goes 5-1, and one, are we thinking about him differently? But he went 4-2. and two. I just think it's – I think it's – it's, you're asking a lot to make that decision, Dustin. I, I think that you've, if you've got an opportunity for, like, a an improvement at quarterback, I think it's incumbent upon the organization to take it, especially resetting the clock and all that. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. These are the questions I cannot answer, right? Olin Krutz hopefully will answer some questions for us. 7 o'clock, Olin Krutz with Mully and Haw. Bears finished 7-10. and 10. They doubled up last year's win total. Matt Eberflus said post game that the foundation was solid. How do you review a relatively strong finish against a terrible start to the season when you evaluate Matt Eberflus? I think evaluating Matt Eberflus is very difficult because they did not open the season correctly. They were they were genuinely bad to open the season, and they got their losing streak. What was it? Twelve. And then, um, and then you kind of saw the Bears turn things around a little bit. A lot of bad things happened over the course of the year. I don't, I mean, you know, they want to get credit for firing coaches. That, that's weird. I don't know that that's a good thing to have to fire some coaches or let one guy resign under pressure. Um, you know, they got better on defense, no shadow of a doubt. Part of that was a really good trade and bringing in a guy uh, who changed their defense in Montez Sweat. So that's good. I think that, you know, eventually they made some strides at quarterback, but it was difficult. The quarterback got hurt. The protection was better, and then it wasn't. They, they I think a lot of the things you like about this team were exposed in that season finale. And, and I don't think that the last game of a of a season or of an era should determine everything. But I think it was sobering to realize where they really are. And they never got a three-game winning streak. They haven't had a three-game winning streak in this guy's uh, tenure. And I think that kind of thing matters. And I think that, you know, attempting to rewrite your record as the season's going on and, oh, well, we're 4-4 four four now and, oh, we won five games. That's all great, but, you know, try to be ready for an entire season. And they just weren't. And I, and that would be one of the things that I would weigh into any decision that I were going to make about it. But um, foundation solid. Seems like the foundation's okay. Solid? Yeah, not spectacular. They're not as close to being elite in areas as they think they are. Yeah, I don't think the foundation – was solid. I was really disappointed in the defense yesterday. I, I, I had predicted, you know, we make the predictions obviously on Friday, what you think is going to happen, who the player is going to be that's going to stand out. I was Montez Sweat. Montez, Montez Sweat had a very average game yesterday, just average. What Not, was your points total, though? Uh, I had the Bears scoring 21 points. 21 to? 19. So they, they held them to 17. Right, but that that they were lucky to hold that. I mean, okay. you know, they, yeah, they gave right. up four hundred and thirty-two yep. yards, I believe, of total offense. That yeah. they they could not they could not keep the Packers off the field. The Packers converted all afternoon. I think seventy percent on third downs. That that's that's not good. There was no pressure on Jordan Love, and when the Bears actually still had a shot, David, late in that game, when they had him backed up against the goal line. The defense was super soft, gave the guys tons of room to operate. They had that play at the goal line where they, they stopped them, and then the second down play, they got like 
12 yards, and that was it to me. That that was the end of the game. They allowed a 100-yard rusher yesterday, something yep. that, you know, oh, the Bears run defense. We heard about that. Oh, oh don't. That, that didn't pan out There's yesterday. number one in the league coming and, in. And that's yeah. part of the foundation that's supposedly solid. Right. And that side of the ball, yes, at the 17 points to 17 points. But they should have scored at least 23 points. It was a missed field goal and a, and a snafu by the team, the youngest team in the NFL, made a blunder at the end of the half. I thought the secondary was as disappointing as it has been in a while. Not just the shoddy tackling, but there were a lot of gaps in coverage. There were a lot of holes in man-to-man or zone that Jordan Love easily exploited. I thought Montez Sweat being off the field at odd times kind of stood out again. They need to get in front of that. I never understand these substitution patterns unless it's related to conditioning or injury. I I think that the Bears do have the foundation for a defense that can be very good, and it is going to be their identity until they figure things out with the quarterback position in an offense that's broken. Matt Eberflus, you could justify bringing him back. You could also justify identifying an alternative that's better. And if you want to move on after all of the things that you said to support the culture and the chemistry and the foundation that he cited post-game when asked about it, and I asked him directly about player development from one year to the next, how would you evaluate his development as a coach one year to the next? He said, you know, going from the CEO type to the play caller, that's interesting, but is it sustainable? Well, we'll find out how much the Bears believe in that. One thing that needs to change, regardless of who the head coach is, and if Matt Eberflus stays, he needs to eradicate this, and and Ryan Poles needs to make sure this happens. Kevin Warren, too. Stop taking credit for enduring adversity that the Bears create for themselves. That's got to stop. You you cannot look at anybody, you know, in the audience and claim that, well, we finished four and two. And that's great because we started 0-4. One doesn't necessarily outweigh the other. Because you finished better doesn't erase the fact that you started poorly. And that's got to be something that stops. So if they keep him, help him, learn that. Condition so he doesn't say that ever again or think that way next season. That's a good question. Does Luke Getze have any chance to keep his job? What would be the basis if he was able to? And when do you think that would happen this week? I think this is the longest shot of the people we're talking about. And I think Justin Fields probably has a foot and a half out the door. But Luke Getze, you would have to make the biggest rationalization and the most outlandish argument for me to agree that bringing him back makes sense. He is a football lifer. He can hold people accountable publicly. But his play calling did not meet the standard. His uh, his game plans lacked imagination. They didn't throw the ball down the field yesterday. Maybe some of that is Justin Fields, but a lot of it is Luke Getze. I don't know where Getze ends and Fields begins, but I do think there's enough shared responsibility and blame to think and conclude the Bears must move on. It's inconceivable that they would bring him back because that would mean bringing the quarterback back. And I don't see that. And that would mean bringing the head coach back. I don't see them running it all back for an offense that went from functioning at a decent level against bad teams and floundering against good ones. That's the one thing I know for sure this morning. There is no, you, David, you're, you nailed, there's, you, how could you sell 
how could you even sell the locker room? You know, if you don't care about the fans and, you know, the whole idea, if you, if you listen to the fans, you'll eventually be sitting with the fans kind of thing. How could you sell that locker room? And if you think the defense is the good foundation, how could the defense get on board with Luke Getze coaching the offense? That should be done later today. We should find out that the Bears and Luke Getze are no longer partners. Yeah, I, I think the argument, if you need an argument, is continuity. That is the same argument for bringing the head coach back, by the way. It is uh, the continuity and how important it is to have, uh, you know, not force people to learn a new system, blah, 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 blah. That would be the argument. The argument would be the exact argument that you you, you use for Matt Eberflus. The only, the only uh, thing you'd say is, well... If you get him his Montez sweat, then he's going to win. Oh, my God. If you put Marvin Harrison Jr. in that group, oh, then now all of a sudden they got the weaponry and they're going to, oh, you know, poor uh, poor Luke Getze never had enough and never they never cared enough about him. They, they went out and they got a player to justify the coach's existence, but they didn't do that on offense. And, man, you know. They don't really know what an offense looks like. Chase Claypool, what was that? You know, Montez Sweat selected the same way the following year. I mean, you can make arguments over anything. I don't know that I don't know that they don't kind of ring hollow, and I don't know that I could actually stand in front of anyone and make that argument, but I'm sure Luke Getze could probably walk in, turn on a projector, and show here, we missed this play, we missed that play, we missed this play. That was all there. I'm calling the plays correctly. Why aren't they being run correctly? I'm just saying. I, I, you know, you can make an argument for anything. It doesn't mean it's right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.